This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. I want to talk to you tonight about the Holy Spirit. The theme of this conference is Holy Spirit. And and there's a reason for that. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes Jesus real to us. The reason that is the case is because he is the only member of the Godhead here on earth. And so Jesus made a statement. He said, I will not leave you as an orphan. I'll come to you. Speaking of the Spirit, right? Speaking of the Spirit, he said, I'll come to you. The quickest way to experience orphanhood is to reject the Spirit. Because he is our only contact with the Trinity on earth. He's like the Navy SEALs or uh, Marine Recon. He's the first on the scene in every dealing that God has on earth. He's the first one there. And we see that in creation. The Bible says, as Theo mentioned earlier, that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. He's always the one who comes and touches something or someone. And something I love about him is the way he rushes in. He rushes in. And and you know what I've learned about him? He'll rush in before you even get the prayer out of your mouth. It's almost like he's caged up, waiting on our yielding to just get on something or someone. And that's just the way he is. And so the Holy Spirit is here to do something in us. He wants us to behold the Lamb. That's what he wants. And as I mentioned earlier, the reason that is the case is because he loves Jesus. The Trinity is not a board of directors. We love boards of directors. But the Trinity does not have a working relationship. Are you hearing me? They love each other. The Father loves the Son. He is so proud of the Son. Before Jesus ever worked a single miracle... The river Jordan, the father spoke and said, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. He loves the son. And this is why he loves the son. And in perfect contemplation, they behold one another, by the way, and they just love to look at one another. And the reason the father is so into his son is because of the nature of the son, his heart. The heart of Jesus has always been to lay his life down at the feet of the Father. The cross was not a shock to the system of Jesus. He has always been the Lamb. He has been crucified before the foundations of the world. You know, when they brought Jesus the cross, that was not... uh, It didn't shock him. He didn't have to work up some plan. It's always been his nature. And Corinthians teaches us this, that after all things are under the feet of Jesus, that he will then give the kingdom back to the Father. Why? I could never figure that out. 
Never. I thought, Lord, how could you do that? You paid such a heavy price for your church. Why would you give us back to the Father once he's given you away to us? I'll tell you why. Because it's the nature of the Son to lay down all that is dear to him, even his own life. Even his own life. And so, the Father thinks the Son is amazing because of that. And as Dave says, Papa Visi, the Son did not only die on a cross. The Son did not only die on a cross. He comes in the shape of a cross. His heart is cross-shaped. It's his nature to give his life away. And that is appealing to the Father. He just thinks it's amazing. I pray our lives will be the same tonight. We give ourselves to you, Father. And now, the Spirit has this amazing joy. And it's to reveal Jesus. I remember uh, about three years ago, I was fasting. And um, I would encourage all of you to live a life of fasting. I know today that's looked at as legalism. That's garbage. I'm sorry to be so blunt, but it's garbage. And I'll tell you what it's doing. It's stripping the church of glorious encounter and presence and authority in the earth. All under the guise of the finished work. The finished work is to bring you into the life of Christ. Are you following me? The finished work is for you to experience the current life of Christ. And Jesus lived a fasted life. And so, I was on a fast and I was at my father-in-law's house. And I was locked away praying. And... Um, that's a hobby for us around here. We, everyone you see speaking, we did not ask to come because they are well known. I always said, Lord, if you'd ever give us a platform, we'll ask people to come who go after you, who love you, who'd rather be alone with you than on any platform. Addicted to the lamb. Listen, when you're married to someone, being alone with him, is, it's the apex. It's the crescendo of life, Right? So I was locked away waiting on the Lord, and I began to think about the manifest presence of the Spirit, as Heidi spoke about today. And I said, Lord, I want you to manifest yourself, Holy Spirit. I want that in my life. I remember in those early meetings in Chicago, Dave, four out of five nights, a cloud would come into the meetings. And I remember a Greek couple would smell, you know, we grew up with incense in the Orthodox Church. Once you've smelled that or the Catholic Church, you never forget it. And that smell would fill the meetings. And I remember, uh, I think it was Sam, came. He's like, dude, they smelled it outside. This wafting, glorious aroma would, would, would go. It was actually down the street a little, and they followed it in. We actually had it in our hotel room today. The, the Lord is real. He's real. Like you can smell him. You can see him. You can feel him. Can taste him. He's real food. Are you hearing me? He's real food. Guess what he loves to feed you? Himself. 
He loves to be feasted on. It's just his way. He loves it. So I was locked away in prayer. I said, Lord, I want you to do that again. I, I want you to manifest your glory. And so I waited, and I couldn't hear him. I just didn't hear anything. Now, if you're at Benny Hinn's house, and you can't hear from the Holy Spirit, something's off, you know, or something. You know, I think Good Morning was probably on the bookshelf. And I remember, and I've had such glorious encounters there. And, and I couldn't hear anything. And there I was locked away, and I said, well, I'm just going to go for a walk. And so I went for a walk down on, on the ocean there. And I was walking, praying, you know, praying in tongues. I was trying everything. The Lord loves the childlike heart. So I tried tongues. That didn't work. I tried to walk. It didn't work. I tried my knees. It didn't work. I tried my face. It didn't work. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I waited in stillness. It didn't work. I was singing. It didn't work. <laughs> so I went on a walk. That wasn't working. And so finally, I, I actually even sat by the ocean and... Uh, you know, I thought that would work. It's beautiful. That I couldn't hear. And so on the way home, I felt the glory of God cover me like a blanket. And you know what I love about him? Is that if you spend time with him in secret, he'll surprise you. That's what he promised. He said he would, he would reward us in open. If you pray to your father who is in secret, in the secret place, he will reward you openly. What does he reward us with? Himself. What did he tell Abraham? I am your exceeding and great reward. I've got news for you people. Jesus is enough. He's enough. And the prophetic word for this entire generation is one word. Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the entirety of God is found. All God is, is found in one name, Jesus. If you don't believe me, try getting someone out of a wheelchair in the name of Doug or Charlie or Julio. It does not work. Or Jared. Or just say Chuck when you're all by yourself, see if it warms your heart. It does nothing. Sorry, Chuck, if you're here. If you're here, Chuck, Charlie, Chuck, Bill, Willie, whatever. That does, it does nothing for the heart. But man, when you get alone, or even if you're not alone, and you can just get still for a moment, and let your heart look at Jesus and say his name once, something happens. And this is why... Because he's a person. And when you say Jesus, he comes. Oh, he comes quickly. And so there I was walking and he surprised me like a blanket. And I could feel him. But there were people walking everywhere. They were walking. It was right there on Salt Creek Beach in Dana Point. You probably know it, Heidi. It was right there and people were jogging. You know, all the OC ladies and they're spiffed up jogging and little poodles. <laughs> and guys with poodles. Okay, so, <laughs> so, 
help me, Jesus. So, and I said something to the Lord. I said, Lord. So I started sobbing. I started sobbing because he's the master of this beautiful game of hide and go seek. This drips living water on your tongue so you'll come back to him. He'll touch you on the arm so you'll chase him for another week. Not to tease you, but because he loves being chased. He's romantic. It's like Jesse. She, she would not tell me she, she wanted to marry me for like a month. I knew she was lying. I knew she wanted to marry me. She played hard to get. Jesus does that. He has the right to. He's beautiful. He knows in the process of the seeking that our soul is purified. And we become holy. And that's still a beautiful thing, people. Holiness unto the Lord. If you're not living a holy life, you can't see him. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. No man. No man. And so, there he is. And he wraps himself around me. And I start crying because he came. Are you hearing me? Because he came. We have to live a life of satisfaction in him and him alone. Because if we don't, all we do is worship something other than him. And he died for us. And so he came and I started shaking. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do here? So these people here. Doesn't fit Orange County, you know. It's a weird guy shaking crying I said do you want me to get on my knees and what do you want from me you know he spoke to me so simply I came while you were walking keep walking it's a beautiful secret in the spirit whatever got you there stay there in an encounter like Heidi said when you're there contend don't move let the anchor of your soul hook deeply into the moment and that's where your capacity increases for encounter you got to stay. It's not striving. It's just staying with him. And you stay, and he stretches you. And every inch he stretches you in, he fills you with himself. And so I kept walking, and this is what he told me. You want me to manifest my glory? Yes, Lord. I do. He said, then set Jesus aside in your heart. So the Holy Spirit said, and I will manifest myself when Jesus is set aside. And he took me through the scriptures in my mind. I began to see in the spirit as Jesus was set aside and singled out in the Jordan. What happened? The Holy Ghost rent the heavens and manifested himself and came and the Father spoke. There's something that happens when in our hearts Jesus not only takes preeminence, but he takes everything. When he's set aside, when he walks out of the company of Israel and meets John in the Jordan, the best man of the bridegroom and the bridegroom himself collide. And Jesus finds distance between himself and the crowd. And that's what must happen in our hearts. 
The crowded occupation of our hearts must die and Jesus must be separated in our hearts or sanctified. And so there he is, separated, and walks into the Jordan. God looking at his own. And the Father loved that moment. And the Holy Spirit saw it and he said, here it is finally, I'm coming. I'm telling you, man. You start to worship Jesus, and the Holy Ghost will rush in. I'm telling you. On the Mount of Transfiguration, what happened? That Jesus takes his favorites. You know, God has favorites. Oh, how can you say that? Well, he has favor. Some people are closer to God than others. It's just the way it is. It doesn't mean he's a respecter of persons. But I'm going to tell you what. You can have as much of Jesus as you want. You, you can have as much of Jesus tonight as you want. He can be as real to you tonight as you want him to be. And so Jesus has friends who are closer to him than others. We are not gospel employees. We're not some gospel uh, militia or mercenaries that think this is a great occupation i made much did much better playing golf you didn't have to cast devils out of people and it's fun sometimes but you know there's easier things to do i guess we're not in this none of us are in this in this room we're not mercenaries we're lovers of jesus that's why we're here tonight that's why we're here That's what Jesus is looking for. Lovers. And so some people are closer to him than others. All of you here, if you're going through something, I'm sure there are some people you'd ask to lay hands on you, and some people you wouldn't. You'd probably run from some. Can you hear me? Right? Some know him a little better. Some hear him more clearly. Some are more addicted to him than others. Some aren't for sale. I've got to say this. The high maintenance thing just has to die. If I were to tell you what we go through in these conferences, and the people aren't here because of it, I have to say, with their lists of demands, my God. List of demands. Demanded honorariums. i got to say this because it's got to go. It's got to go. Demanded honorariums. Demand. That's just garbage. And I'll tell you what it's doing. It's quenching. It's grieving the outpouring of the Spirit of the Lord. Let's remember the way we were before we met Him. And He came for free. He came for free. All of this has got to die. It's all got to die. Some people just love him. They'd rather be in hell with him than somewhere else without him. They just have to hold on to him. They have to feel him. And if they can't feel him, they want to die. Don't let anyone tell you that feeling Jesus is not important. Oh, there's nobody else worth feeling. Nobody else worth feeling. Nobody. And so some know him better than others. So he looks to those in those moments and talks to them. 
Did you know Jesus has real feelings? Did you know he's looking for somebody to share his pain with? You you hear what I'm saying? And he can't talk to many people about it, and it grieves him. You know, Jesus is saddened that the world doesn't know him. And he'd love to visit you at night and tell you how that feels to him. He's real. He's so real. He's real. What does he want from you? Your love. Your time. He wants you. You might say, I don't know what to give him. Give him you. How do you do it? Just tear your heart open. Just lay before him. Say, here's my life. I don't even know what I'm doing here with you, Lord. I'll tell you what. If you don't know how to spend time with him, that's one thing he'll teach you. Because he loves it. And nobody else can teach you that. Prayer teaches prayer. And prayer is not something. It's just someone. I'll never forget the Lord said to me, what do you call a gardener? What do you call somebody who gardens? I said, a gardener, Lord. He's not complicated. He's beautifully deep and beautifully simple. He said, what do you call somebody who runs? I said, a runner. He said, very good, boy. What do you call somebody who prays? I said, a prayer. And then I looked at the scripture. It says, he is the spirit of prayer and supplication. The Holy Ghost will teach you above everything. How to be with the Lamb. If you'll just get with Him. And so the Lord showed me on that beach. If you will separate Jesus in the moment. Because He's higher and more beautiful. Than anything or anyone. I'll come. And so Jesus goes up the Mount of Transfiguration. He takes Peter, James and John. Those closest with Him. And He takes them to the heights of Tabor. And when they get to the heights of Tabor. The Bible says... That Jesus went up a bit. Jesus is always higher than the greats of the greats. And the moment Jesus ascends the apex of our hearts, something happens. The cloud comes. And the Holy Spirit storms in. And he says, I love that. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. And then the Bible says, the Father spoke. First the cloud comes and the Father speaks. And what does he say? This is my son. Hear him. The Holy Spirit storms your life when Jesus becomes your pursuit. He is so real. He's not a topic. And the Holy Spirit doesn't make our good services great services. If he's not there, it's not Christian. You cannot have a Christian meeting without Christ. This morning, I was so tired. 
the planning. And I'm just, you know, maybe that's why I'm up here talking so much. (laughs) I needed this tonight because just so much goes into these things. And I just wanted to come up and worship the Lord. You know, sometimes you get up on the platform, you're, you're there just to be with him. You hear him say, I missed you. Now you can be mine. You forget about the people and you just love him. And so this morning I got up and this is what I said to the Lord. Lord, I'm so tired, but I'm here. Have you ever been there? I'm so tired, but here I am. And I just sat in my chair. And the most beautiful smell came into that room. Austin was there. I called him in. And the fragrance of Jesus came in like beautiful frankincense. I didn't even give him 10 seconds, but he came. He came. And I've learned that about him. It doesn't take... He just wants your yes. He wants your heart. He wants you to say okay when he comes. Or when he just touches you and asks for your time. And do we ever realize that maybe he's lonely? You say, how could it be? How could he be lonely? The scripture says, I wait outside the door and my locks are wet with the dew of night. Jesus will wait outside of our heart's door until his hair is wet. Wanting to be with us. Wanting us. Wanting you. You might say, well, I want to do great things for God. You can't. I've got news for you. You can't do anything without Him. So be free tonight. You can't. You know what my greatest fear was? Public speaking. Ask my dad. My dad had retail stores. He said, you have two options. In Florida, in the summer, hot and muggy. He said, you have two options. Work the register, which meant talking to people. Or take the trash out. Go to the dumpster 20 times a day. I said, I'll take the dumpster. I will not talk to people. That's why, I love, that's why I grew up playing golf. I didn't have to talk to anyone. I could talk to the ball. And I never talked back. It was perfect. And so my two hobbies were golf and fishing. None of them required people. <laughs> when you catch a bass, you grab its mouth. It's always smiling. It's perfect. Mr. Pennington, right? You can make them smile. They're upset with the hook in their mouth. You make them smile, look at it, throw it back in. The golf ball never talks. It was beautiful. None of us are qualified in the natural. But the scripture says this, and I pray that what I'm about to speak in the spirit to you will be more than just a repeated verse. But that by the spirit, God will burn it into your heart. That it will become living encounter over and over and over again. Because the scriptures are alive. Listen, before I even speak it over you, the scriptures are alive. That's not a book. It's not a book. The fathers of the church called it the book of experience. It's alive. What do I mean by that? You can see it, hear it, feel it. Everything written you can go into. There's more. There's more. Every scripture is a moment that never dies and you can plunge into it. They are living encounters. 
Never forget discovering this. So I saw Jesus taken off the cross. I was meditating on Isaiah 53. Over and over, meditating on the scripture. This deep stillness came over me. And all of a sudden I'm there, beholding Calvary, watching the women wash his body. That'll change your life. Seeing his wounds. I will never forget how deeply those thorns went in to his face. Never. I'll never forget how bruised he was, how swollen he was. Somehow, as horrible as it was, it was beautiful. I can't explain that to you. But something, even in his worst state, is beautiful. His brokenness is it's beautiful, though it tears us up. We have to see him and have him. I'll never forget watching those women remove the crown, seeing how deep the thorns were, how blue his face had become. The cross become, became so real to me. The scriptures are alive. It's his word, it's his breath. The scriptures are the heart of God on paper. They're living, spoken by the actual wind of God, the Spirit Himself. And you can have them. What I mean by have them is not just claim some benefit, but go in. They never die. It's why they were given to us. It's a present tense book. And so the Scripture says, Oh, Jesus, burn it into us. Convince us because you were convinced of this. The scripture says, it is not by might. And it is not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. That has to become real to you. You can't do it. I can't do it. But he can. He can. And when you figure out you can't, he'll storm in and do it. So you walk with this yielded awareness of dependency upon God that is completely beautiful to him. Dependency is attractive to the Lord. He loves it. He loves it when you feel like you bit off more than you can chew. I'm talking to somebody here. Now I'm breaking the rules. He loves that. When you covenant in your heart... I'm going after you, come hell or high water. And if I don't have you, I'm going to die. You don't have the stamina? Get in. Just jump in. You don't feel like they can get up off their sickbed? Go after it. The devil says you can't do it. You say you're right. I never could. But he can. But he can. And how, at some point, we believe that we can lead somebody to Jesus as though that's not miraculous. And healing the sick is hard. God doesn't change you when you're born again. He replaces you. That's impossible too. 
without him. God is not interested in refurbishing us when we lead someone to Jesus or them. He takes them, kills them on a cross, takes the old man and replaces it with himself and turns that sinful body into the temple of the Holy Ghost. That is miraculous. So I've got news for you. None of us can do anything without him. Nobody. Nobody. You've got to know that. You've got to know that. With God, all things are possible. So tonight, you're sitting there, suffering. God cares. He cares. You know, last month I told you I was in bed 10 days. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And the devil's so loud. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. You're not, you're not going to make it. You, you bit off more than you can chew. You're going to go after a nation or a generation. I'll kill you if you even try. You've spent too much time with God. This stuff's real, by the way. It's not, I'm not magnifying the devil, but just listen, accept it. He's there, and he'll come after you. He's a loser, but he will. It's just the way it is. He's defeated, but he'll still come. He's a liar. He said, I'm going to, kill, I'm going to go after you. I'm going, to, I'm going to kill you. There I am in my bed. Couldn't feel an anointing that saved my life. Couldn't feel anything. But at some point, you curl up into the Lord and you say this, I'm yours. <laughs> I'm yours, and he can't do anything to me. He can't do anything to me, Lord, because I'm yours. So you curl up into Jesus. I'll never forget our first time going to Greece. We had just finished a 40-day fast. And I'm in the middle, of the middle of the night. I go into the spirit and I'm sitting up in my bed and Jessica's sleeping. Thank God she was. She would be tripped out still to this day. And these hordes of devils come into the room, hissing at me, trying to scare me, saying the worst things. It freaked me out. I'm not going to lie. It would freak you out too. Say, so, yeah, it would. You're all like, yeah, that happens every Thursday. I, we, we deal with it. It's totally normal. It really freaked me out. And for six hours, they were harassing me. Harassing me. And I'd say the name of Jesus, and they'd fly out of the room and come back in. They'd fly out of the room and come back in. Fly out of the room and come back in. And finally, the Lord said, go into your prayer closet. And so I went in my prayer closet and started warring. The Lord said, what are you doing? Stop warring. Just curl into me. Do you know what? That's spiritual talk. Do you know what I'm saying? Just lean into me. Give your attention to me. Put your head on my chest and seep into my chest. Get into me. And that's what I did. And all of a sudden, I hear this huge sound that hits my wall in my bedroom. Like a big booming knock. And it's pitch black out. The sun's not even up yet. And this beautiful light flies through the bedroom. About this big. Flies through the bedroom. And every devil ran for life. 
I've learned. And what I'm still learning is the greatest warfare is worshiping Jesus. If the devil can get you to give him your attention, even when you think you're waging war, sometimes he's winning. Sometimes he's winning. What he doesn't want you to do is go into the spirit. Because when you go into the spirit, his hedge comes around you. You enter another realm, a different place. Like Heidi said this morning, there's a thin place. It's so true. It's perfect. There is a thin place where the veil thins and his face is just a little more clear when you close your eyes. And everything becomes alive there. So tonight, I don't know what you're going through, but I want to re reiterate, he cares for you and loves you. Tonight is a night of reception. It's reception. You just lift your hands now and ask him to touch you. And just talk to him. You can get on your knees. You can do whatever you'd like. Whatever you want to do, whatever you need to do now, to touch him. Just do it. You can get out into the aisles if you have to. If Jesus feels real to you now, grab him. Grab him. How? Give him your attention. Talk to him. Jesus, we give you praise. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.